everybody. Welcome to the New Market Alliance Church Podcast. For more information on the vision, programs, and news of our church, be sure to check us out at www.newmarketalliance.ca. We'd like to encourage you as well that no podcast, no matter how good, can substitute for the experience of joining together in person at a worship celebration. That's where God really meets people, often through the love and ministry of others. At NAC, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. Now let's join this week's teaching. Morning. Good morning. Let's pray. Father, you know who we are and you know where we came from this morning. You know where we've come from this week. You know the things we've done that have brought you great joy, but we know full well the things that we've done that have brought you great sorrow. We've had weeks that some of us have been elated with the joys of celebration, like birthdays and anniversaries, and we've had other times when there have been those around us who have suffered because of great loss in their own families and their friends, maybe their jobs. And I thank you that what you choose to remind us of this morning is that your love never fails. To that end, Lord, we give you our thanks, as weak as that may be, or as strong as that may be. May it be acceptable to you in Jesus' name. Surprise, we're at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, We've had an amazing time going through the book of 1 Corinthians. Would you agree? Man, my heart has been so encouraged. Um, The very first, uh, I think it was right after the first uh, sermon, that uh, introductory of this passage, uh, Jonathan sent me an email and asked if I'd be willing to, um, to preach. And... In my absolute excitement from that first um, message that he spoke on, uh, my heart just jumped. I thought, oh my goodness, this preaches. This just so preaches. I can't wait to go through it because I feel like a Corinthian so many times. I mean, here I am. I've been a Christian for for most of my adult life. Well, for all of my adult life, goodness, I gave my life to the Lord when I was young. I was... I remember at five years of age when my grandfather died and I sat there beside my mom in our family room in Mississauga and I said, I said, mom, is, is grandpa gone to heaven without me? And my mom said, well, yeah, he's gone, but he's not gone for a long time. And you may think that it's a long time, but if you know Jesus, you can go and be with him too. And I thought, I can go and be with grandpa again? I can do that. How, how do I do that? And my mom, who I, I don't know had ever led anyone to the Lord up in that point in time in her life, she said, Harold, well, what do we do? <laughs> my dad said, well, we pray. And I remember praying. Oh, I don't remember what that prayer was. I don't remember. <laughs> what I remember was I felt an incredible love of God at that point in time 
that I chose to follow for the rest of my life. That doesn't mean that everything that I've gone through has been good and that I haven't doubted and I haven't questioned because for goodness sakes, I, I have. And, and I still have questions. Do any of you still have questions? But there is one thing that I know that marks the love of God in Christ Jesus, and that is he loves me. And even in the midst of my failure and your failure, he never gives up his pursuit on you and I. Thank you, Jesus. So when he said, I'd like you to preach sometime, you got the entire book you can preach on. You just tell me what it is that you want to preach on. I just quickly said, put chapter 13. And he said, okay, you got it. And he grabbed his piece of paper and wrote it down. He said, you're in for that week. And then I thought, oh my goodness, how do I preach on the love of God? How do I preach on this that we have just sung about? that never ends, that pursues, that chases after us, that is unrelenting, that is most powerful, that can, in, in, in his love, spoke, and the words, the worlds came into existence. That in his love, he moved, and blind men could see. That in his love, he disciplined the children of Israel and they wandered in the desert. In his love, he restored them and gave them a place, a land that they could call their own. We know about Corinthians. We know about the church. There was divisions in the church. Thank you, Lord, that there's never been any divisions in our church. There were morality problems. Improper understanding of what it meant to be free in Christ. I have my freedom in Christ so I can eat meat sacrificed to idols or don't do that. And, 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 and improper understanding of what it meant to be free. And there were issues about being single and getting married and what is better. He gave us instructions on the Lord's Supper, which we celebrated. And last week, Pastor took us through the value of the gifts, the spiritual gifts that each one of us are given. And, and I get it. Sometimes I know I have felt, God, I am not gifted. Like I can do some things, but I am not gifted there. How on earth would you ever want to use me in this way? And, and, and I'm so thankful that there are other people in the body of Christ who are capable of doing that and ministering in that way. And yet sometimes God even calls me in an exercise of a gift that I do not believe that I have to pursue it. Now I have been wrestling. As some of you know, I used to pastor Bradford Alliance Church. It's now Green Valley Alliance Church. And I loved my time serving there. I loved the opportunity of seeing people come to faith for the first time, of challenging people to go deeper in their faith and in their love for the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw, because of God's amazing grace, we saw people healed of things like um, uh, thyroid cancer. 
A lady that one week who came to the church and the doctor said, this is an aggressive thyroid cancer. Got that on the neck and they've got to operate this coming week and we've got to deal with that right away. And we prayed as a congregation and we just prayed the love of God on her because we did not know what the outcome was going to be. And the next week she was at church when she was supposed to be in the hospital. She had her surgery on the Wednesday and when they went in, they found nothing and the lump was gone. And they opened because they couldn't believe it, but they saw that. That is not because of this kid here. Understand that. I did nothing. But our great, miraculous, God-creating Savior touched her body and restored her. And we give him thanks and glory. And we also saw other times where we prayed for people and they did not get well. And we believed I mean, if there was anything we could have physically done or spiritually or emotionally done to, to raise up belief in love for this person, we believed and they did not get well. We prayed for healing in marriages and restored relationships and they broke up and they left and they're not healed and they didn't get better. But I love to teach the word of God because the word of God is truth. And sometimes I, I take my microphone and drop it. <laughs> sometimes I take the truth that I've studied and I grab it and I, I hold on to it. And I know that God is truth. And so because God is truth, I take that truth and I start proclaiming it as truth. And it is all I have is truth. And I preach that. And it is hard truth. It will not break. It will stand the test of time. But no matter how hard I preach that truth. Without love it's nothing. And there's sometimes that I have such incredible faith. I can believe stuff that other people say. How do you believe that would come to pass? And my faith is strong. Have you had those moments where your faith is strong? I mean, you believe that something that you believe that you've heard God say is going to come to pass and you hold on to it. You hold on to that faith so strong that in the absence of every other reality, you hold on to that truth and you proclaim that truth of faith. And what happens? You've proclaimed faith so much that it hurt. There was not love associated. And sometimes there's wisdom and we have great wisdom. We have the, the understanding that would be baffling to other people. And yet without love. It's a stone. We proclaim to the, the person who may be going wayward and get caught in a struggle that they're in. We say, well, you know, wisdom would say that you ought to behave like this. And without love. It's nothing. And through all of the study that we've learned so far in 1 Corinthians 13, we found out that these people, so much just like us, they're messed up. They've got different ideas of how to do stuff and, and, and how to be Christian in that day. And Paul takes all of that, including the incredible teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Everything from, from well, read the passage in, in chapter 12. 
And he says at the very end of the chapter, but now, let me show you the most excellent way. Scripture says this. If I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and if I surrender my body to the flames, and I don't have love, I'm nothing. See, what Paul is saying to us right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verses 1 to 3, is he's saying that if we have miraculous signs, it might draw a whole lot of people to our doors. If we became a church where there was healings that were happening week after week after week after week, and they came into our door. If all they came, into was, came in for was the sign, the miraculous sign, it would be nothing without love. Spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, nothing without love. Oh, it might attract people because they might be really intrigued to the knowledge, but at a point in time, knowledge just defeats if you don't have love. Even self-sacrifice. I mean, we watch these shows on TV. Okay, maybe, let me confess. I watch these shows on TV where sometimes these people are doing daredevil stunts. And I watch them not because I want to see them get through it. <laughs> Am I, okay, I'm the only one here, right? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Hang me out to dry. Listen, I go to the stock car races for the accidents. Right? Come on. Yeah, you do that. You're a terrible guy. Listen, I go for that super sensational, all that kind of stuff. The reality is a self-sacrifice, whatever they do, you can watch it only so much, and then eventually it just gets boring and old. I want to tell you something. All the self-sacrifice in the world is nothing without love. And what Paul is saying to us is love is the only mission. It is the only motive for what we do. Take a look at this up on the screen. I went on to NAC's website this week. Go to the next screen. Okay. We have a vision statement for the church. I don't know if any of you have been on the website and have dug that deeply into it, but here's the vision statement in our church. We will be a church that makes every effort to introduce people to the saving relationship of Jesus Christ. Is that not incredible? We will make every effort... That means it doesn't matter what pastor asks us to do on Sunday morning. We're going to obey him. We're going to do what he says. We're going to do every effort. Okay, now before we finish that, last Sunday, pastor at the end of his message asked us to grab a piece of paper. He said, pull it out from the seat in front of you. And he said, maybe God is speaking to you about a gift that he's given you that you have not used because you don't want to or for some other reason. And Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart. And uh, I immediately grabbed a piece of paper and I grabbed a pen. 
See, because I believe that God has gifted me with an ability to be able to communicate and to be able to preach. And I like to do that. But almost 10 years ago, I left Bradford Alliance Church, and when I did, I said, I quit. No more. I ain't doing it. Because I pour my heart and love to people, and at the end of the day, I don't have a job. And I was hurt, and I was discouraged. And as much as Holy Spirit stirred me immediately to write down exactly what it was, thank you, Lord, that even though I give up on my preaching and my teaching, you've not given up on me. And I thought, this crazy guy, Jonathan, why is he asking me to preach? I mean, seriously, like I, I don't have a problem getting up in front of people and talking, but why are you asking me to preach? I gave up on that. I don't want to do it anymore. And then I said, and I will do as you call me to do, and I will go wherever you ask, and I will obey with your help, Lord. And then I heard Jonathan say, would you just put that in the basket in front of you? And I took it, and I opened the front of my Bible, and I said, he's not getting that. <laughs> I'm serious. I said, they don't deserve hearing that. They don't deserve to hear what my struggle is. I'm, I'm hurting right now. I believe God's called me to preach. I'm not preaching. I'm not sharing that. Maybe God has gifted you with something. And maybe he's challenged you to do something that is beyond what your comfort zone is. Or you've done it before and it hurt. Because maybe it didn't come to pass as you thought. But if God has gifted you and called you <clears throat> to be obedient and you don't lovingly submit, you're a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. And I, for one, refuse to be that. Continue with the mission. Sorry, just back. Back from the one before. There. And it says to introduce people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and in which everyone, no matter what age or stage that they are in, in their spiritual journey, are moving into a closer relationship with God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You see, if that was all it was, it would be a good mission cry. It would be a good challenge and a good call. But the next slide is what the screen actually says. This is, pre um, this is before it. It says, we will be a people committed to following Jesus Christ, loving God authentic authentically and showing his love to others. You see, all of that other thing is a great mission statement for a club or a gang or a group of people to get together. But without love, it is nothing. And I so love the mission statement here at NAC that says that. Begins and ends in the foundation of love. 
Love is our only motive for our mission. Let's continue. Love is visible. It is something that can be seen. It can also be recognized when you see it. Verse 4 says this, love is patient, it is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. If we were a people that were always patient, kind, that we did not envy or boast, that we were not proud, we were not rude or self-seeking or easily angered, that we wouldn't keep records of wrongs, that we didn't delight in evil but rejoice with truth if we always protected and always trusted and always hoped and always persevered. Do you think a world would know that Jesus lives here? Do you think we'd be able to change a world or see a world changed because of it? It's a visible, tangible thing. These are visible characteristics of the love. Paul is challenging the Corinthian believers and he's challenging you and I here today. Love is far more than just a cuddle. It's far more than just a hug on Sunday morning or a high five as you go by someone. Love is sacrificing. Love is amazing. But only is love visible. It's timeless. It's an eternal thing. Verses 8 to 12 say this. It says, love never fails. Where there's prophecies, they'll cease. Where their tongues they'll be stilled. Where there is knowledge it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes. The improper disappears. When I was a child I talked as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I will know even as I'm fully known. Don't miss the point here. Love is eternal. It never, ever fails. It never, ever falls away. Listen, our emotions fall away. I remember the story, and I'm sure you've heard it before. The old guy who goes to marriage counseling after 50 years of marriage, and the pastor says to the husband and wife, says, what's going on? Like, I thought you guys had it all together. And the wife says, he never says he loves me anymore. He says, well, what's your answer to that? He said, listen, I said it at the altar, and if anything changes, I'll let her know. Listen, who am I to speak on love? I don't have a perfect relationship with my wife. But who are you to speak on love for you don't have a great relationship with others too? The reality is the words of scripture, we have to encourage each other. We have to spawn each other on. We need to prod each other on in love and in great humility. To encourage each other to love one another. 
You remember, my son keeps bugging me about everything I do is back in the 70s. Yeah, that was really cool, but if it was cool back in the 70s, doesn't mean it's cool today. Listen, you remember the song, those of you who have a little bit of gray hair, and they'll know we are Christians by our bumper stickers, by our bumper stickers. Right? Like, we think that's the tangible expression of love. We have this beautiful bumper sticker on our face, uh, on our car. Somebody comes and cuts us off, and we wave at them with the holy finger. (laughs) One way to Jesus. See, love transforms us. It's not a show that we slap on a sticker on us and say, this is what we are because you, you see the fish on my car. You see the bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus, and, and they honk and you, you, you want to beat them up because why are you honking at me? <laughs> love is timeless. And it changes everything. True maturity in Christ comes when the love of God and the love of others is so powerful in our lives that it changes everything and everyone around us. Slide says, love will be the everlasting experience and impact of a church and the Christ follower. Do you believe that? It will be. And when we go to heaven and we see Jesus face to face, I, I get it. I, listen, I've heard people come to me and they've, a friend of mine who had a, a grandbaby die and before or right at childbirth, and, and he, said, he said, Andrew, is it true that when we get to heaven, I'm going to be able to see my grandbaby? And I said to him, I said, why do you ask that? He said, because I think everybody's lying to me. He says, I'm not going to see that. I don't think the scriptures teach that. I don't think that's what it teaches whatsoever. And his heart was broken. His heart was devastated because he had such anticipation to see his grandbaby and to hold his grandbaby. He and his wife were going to fly from here in in Ontario and head out to to, uh, Seattle down in the States and go and see them. They had their flights booked and, and their son called them up and said, Dad, cancel your flight. Baby didn't make it. He said, I just don't think that's true. Listen, the joy of heaven... Is not the expression of seeing our loved ones face to face again. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The joy of heaven is that we are going to see Jesus and we are going to be like him. And everyone who has that hope in him purifies himself, according to John, purifies himself because he is pure. And when we see him, everything else disappears. We'll have a great reunion. We'll have a grand reunion with those who've gone on before us. The the author of Hebrews says that there's a great cloud of witnesses that are waiting there on the other side that are cheering us on to love and to good deeds. They're encouraging us. They speak on our behalf. But it is the Savior that we will see face to face. And everything will be okay. It is then that our hearts will be met in complete love. It is then that our sicknesses will be gone. It is then that our bodies will be renewed and restored. When we see Jesus face to face, 
And the true and authentic follower of Jesus Christ is the opportunity to show others the glimpse of the face of Jesus through love. And that's what Paul's challenging the Corinthians to do there. Christ's love is the greatest. It's amazing the way he ends this chapter. Paul says, and now these three three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Love is the conclusion. It's the author. It's the beginning. It's the end. It is timeless. Why is it timeless? Because God is timeless. And John says to us that God is what? He is love. Love is the greatest. It is the most excellent way. Paul places it strategically above faith and hope. Faith is wonderful. It is wonderful to have faith. To be able to believe what God has spoken and speak that into reality. And to be able to have faith for someone and help them believe. It is a glorious thing. But one day I will see Jesus and I will be with Jesus. And my faith will be what? It will be sight. And when my faith is sight, I no longer need faith, right? Think about this for just a moment. When I see, I no longer need faith. So right here, I need some faith. But there, faith is complete, the person of Jesus Christ. Over here, I need hope. I need hope because there's things that disappoint me. Have you ever been disappointed? Is there anything in your life today that you're wrestling with God on and saying, I'm disappointed. This is not how I hoped it would work out. Love expressed is going to those that are hopeless and showing them that there is hope in Jesus. But I long for that day where I no longer need hope because I will see him face to face. And my faith, my hope will all be completed in the greatest It is love. Faith that can move mountains is cool. Knowledge that can persuade even the wisest of the wise. Great sacrifice is something to be admired. But without love, we are nothing. I'm not sure why exactly this thought has been coming to my mind week or day after day this week. But I want to share it because I believe it has, it's very important in this message. We often say to people, God accepts you the way you are. Come as you are. You're broken. You have some problems, you're confused, you have doubts, you have questions. Come as you are. God accepts you just the way you are. 
Sometimes we see people come forward at a service and they come and they confess their need of God. But what we've taught them is that God accepts them the way they are. They don't need to change. God will do that work later on. Don't worry about it. You don't need to change at all. You just come. I'd like to speak some truth. You okay with that? The scripture says that God receives us the way we are. But he is not content with leaving us there. Let me just be real honest. This is just Andrew, okay? Because if... We sometimes are really happy that our children have prayed a prayer at one point in time in their life and have given their lives to Jesus. They prayed the prayer. I'm not slagging Billy Graham, but they prayed the Billy Graham prayer. They've even signed the card. But there's been no evidence of life that has followed that whatsoever. Perhaps our desire to see them saved is greater than the truth that needs to be applied with love. God receives us the way we are. But it would be unjust of him to leave us in our sin. It would be unjust for him to leave me as a wannabe. He wants to make me into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Sometimes that hurts. Sometimes that's not an easy thing for us to go through. But I will tell you this. That the little bit of discomfort in the conforming of making me into the person that Jesus wants me to be will be worth it all when I see him face to face. So let's be bold enough in love to speak truth. Let's be bold enough in love to exercise wisdom. Let's be bold enough with faith to see blind men see and lame ones walk. Church. Pastor John's been encouraging us to look through the book of Corinthians and I think in a very real way to see ourselves to see our own falling down and our own brokenness but the apostle Paul so graciously says to us here his love never fails it never gives up it will never give up on you we are truly to become the church that Christ wants us to be we need to begin by learning to love each other song we sang earlier I will build my life upon your love because it is a firm foundation your word is truth Your word is hope. 
And your word is an ever-ending love story of your pursuit of me. Page after page after page. And I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for that Holy Spirit who convicts me of my sin. And I thank you, Father, that you welcome me home. One of the things that when Matt came to Rhonda and I about a year and a half ago and said, Dad, I think it's a really good idea that we attend church together as a family again. And I said, oh, that's great, son. You're going to start attending the church that we attend up in Keswick. I said, we could really use a guitar player. <laughs> and he said, no, Dad. He said, Dad. Alicia's been very much a part of New Market Alliance Church. Alana comes down here for youth and has through high school. As I attend here and Wesley comes down, instead I think you and mom need to come down here to NAC. I thought, well, all right, son, we'll go try it out one week. <laughs> and uh, this guy, and we'd been here a couple of times before that, but this new guy was standing up front. It wasn't Ian. And, uh, and he said, love God. Love others. Even the ones you don't like. My heart jumped. I thought, yeah, that's the mission, isn't it? You know, week after week, Jonathan says, you are a loved people. You are a loved people. You've made our family feel loved and welcome. But you are a loved people. I get it on behalf of the pastoral staff here at the church. My goodness, week after week, hearing the stories of transformed lives and whatnot here. And, and these Chris and Glenn and, and Pastor Jonathan, they give their lives to serve you here as as members, to serve me and my family here. And we are so blessed. Would you agree? W would you agree? Yes. You are deeply loved by God. Let's learn to love each other so that the world might know that Jesus saves and makes people whole again. God bless you, church. You're dismissed.